Pastor Gibbs, if he'd please come this morning as he makes his way here. He has been here a couple different occasions. I believe it was two years ago in December that he was here last. And uh, I know he was a blessing to our church and a favorite amongst many that were here to her and heard him preach. Again, I want to encourage you to be back out this evening. He's going to preach at 5 o'clock tonight, about an hour service or so. And I know that you'll receive a blessing from it. But I'm going to have him come now and open your Bibles. He's going to preach from the Word of God from us to us this morning. Thank you, Pastor. What a joy, all this music. How many of you enjoyed those singers and musicians? Let's thank them for their great work and their ministry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What a privilege to get to be here. We have some of our folks here, and we love being with the Rand family. And Brother Rand's has been such a treat. Uh, he has done such an incredible job of encouraging ministries all across America and around the world for that matter. And we are one of those ministries and we thank you. Turn in your Bible, please, if you would, uh, to an unusual text. I want you to go to the book of Esther, Esther, Esther chapter four. You'll find that right in the middle of the Old Testament. Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, right in that spot in your Bible right there. I want you to look at a passage of scripture about a great lady. I'm thankful for all the great men in the Bible. Boy, there are many and we preach on them. But there's great ladies in the Bible. And this is the story of a truly magnificent lady. We're just seven days away from where we celebrate the week that the Savior comes. We celebrate Christmas. When this lady lived, she was 700 years away. 700 years before Christ. But she had a passionate belief that a Savior was promised by God and a Savior would come. She lives during a period when there's a monarch ruling the world. It's the Persian Empire. Now the Persian Empire today is modern day Iran. They're the Persians. And they had conquered the world brutal. They ruled by force. And her homeland in Israel had been overtaken and she was swept away. And she's in the capital, Shushan. And while she's there, the only thing she has to help her is one uncle. And his name is Mordecai. We're not sure if Mordecai was her blood uncle, but we know that he had a relationship with her and was a help to her. Now the king spotted Esther. And Esther was tellingly beautiful. She was attractive. And the king decided to sweep Esther up. Now remember, this is all against her will. She doesn't want to be a slave. She doesn't want to be taken into the Persian Empire. Now suddenly she's swept into the king's house that's ruling this empire. But for the first time, at least, she has food. She has some safety. She has a roof over her head. At least in the king's palace, for the first time, she has something that she can count on. In this empire, there's a man by the name of Haman, and he's demonically wicked. He hates God's people. He hates them. And by the way, as you travel America today, I want you to pray. There's people who hate God's people in America. They don't dislike us. They believe that we're a cancer in our land. That's what they say to us. Well, this man hated God's people. 
and he went to the king and he did a terrible thing. He got the king to sign a law that said, you can kill Christians and get paid for it. Every child of God you kill will give you money. He put a bounty on the head of God's people. Now Mordecai found out about this and immediately went to prayer. And Esther found out that Mordecai was in sackcloth and ashes and praying and fasting. And she said, what are you doing? And he said, you not understand. God's people are in real jeopardy. And he said, here's what I want you to do, Esther. You're in the palace. I want you to go in before the king. And I want you to plead our case for us. I want you to go in and let him know that this isn't right. And Esther says, wait a minute, whoa, 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 I can't do that. If you walk in before the king when you're not summoned to come, they kill you. The only way I can ever go in before the king is if I'm invited and I haven't been invited. I can't do that. It would cost me my life. And Mordecai comes back to her and says, Esther, for such a time as this, you need to be willing to give your all for your faith. For such a time as this, you've been called to the kingdom. She then does three things. And I want you to read the three things she does because these are a template for God's people. They're a template for me, what I need in my life. A template for what your precious pastor needs in his life. It's found in Esther chapter 4, starting at verse 15. Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go gather to all the Jews that are present in Shushan, that's the capital, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day, and I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And then say out loud in unison what she said next. And if I perish, I perish. Say it out loud again. And if I perish, I perish. She was willing to put everything on the line. I want you to write these three things down because it's what the story of Esther is all about. And right now, as never before, we need these three things in the lives of God's people. Now, here's number one. Esther had a teachable spirit. She was willing to hear from God, even though she didn't like what she was hearing. She had a teachable spirit. Mordecai, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can't go in there. I'll lose everything. I mean, the only thing that can spare me is the king holds up his royal scepter. And what if he doesn't see me? And what if he doesn't do it? But she was willing to do what God said. She had a teachable spirit. How teachable is your spirit? How teachable is mine? Oh, God, tell me what I want to hear. Oh, amen. That's great. Oh, that's great. But what happens when God tells you something you're not thrilled to hear? How teachable 
is your spirit. How many of you have children? Hold your hand up, would you? How many of you love them more than you could ever say? Hold your hand up. Yeah. How many of you want to kill them on occasion? Sure. You know what? There's moments when you're raising, when you're mom, when you're dad, there's moments those kids go stone cold deaf. How many of you understand what I just said, right? How many of you sitting next to a deaf one right now, right? <laughs> Look at all the hands. Oh, listen, we know how to turn off our ears. Jesus, six times in the New Testament while he was teaching to the believers said, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Now they all had ears, but they weren't listening. Your pastor stands up here and faithfully gives you the word of God. He faithfully gives you what God has laid on the heart of this church. How good is our hearing? We had a wonderful little dachshund dog. His name was Scooby-Doo. Great dog. Scooby-Doo could be right in front of you. You could be yelling and screaming at him and he heard nothing. He just looked at you. It's like you weren't talking. But he could be at the other end of the house and if you open the icebox door, he'd come flying. He heard what he wanted to hear. Is that you? Is that me? Are we hearing only what we want to hear? Oh, it'll change everything. When's the last time you came to church and said, God, I want to hear. Talk to me. Yeah, but Brother Gibbs, what if God tells me something that I'm not real interested in? Oh, that's everywhere. And I promise you all across America, you can find a church that'll tell you what you want to hear. But you're in a Bible preaching church, a great church, a sound church. And we're here to hear from God. When I go to church with my wife, we would always try to get there a little early so we could pray in the parking lot. And Brother Rand, she, she always prayed the same thing. She always says, God, I want to hear from you. I don't care who's preaching. I don't care what the passage is. Talk to me. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. How good's your hearing? How good is my hearing? I was in a church in Pennsylvania and a young man and his wife came forward during the altar call. And the church just got all excited. And I turned to the pastor and I said, is this young man coming from some sin or something that everybody's so excited? He said, oh, no, 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 no. He said, this couple is one of the best couples in our church. I said, wow. He said, Brother Gibbs, he's a medical doctor. And he's just completed a 13-year residency for intracranial reconstructive surgery. He rebuilds brains. Now think about this. Four years of college, four years of med school, one year of residency, then 13 years. And he's just completed it. He said the most prestigious medical facilities in America offering him millions of dollars to sign his name. 
They're willing to pay him a fortune to come be with them. But he's just walked forward to go to the mission field. He's not going to be in some prestigious suite. He's going to be up the Amazon River in Brazil working on dirt floors. Whoa. I looked at him and I wondered, I wonder if I'd do that. Would you do that? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not, God, let, let's get this straight. I'm not giving up the good life. I, I want, what I want to do is live a very comfortable life in America and then I want to die and go to heaven. God says, I want you to listen. Well, Brother Gibbs, what do you think God would have me here? I don't know. What I know is God wants to talk to every one of his children every day. And God wants you to get your hearing fixed. She had a teachable spirit. I went down and hugged that doctor's neck. I hugged his wife's neck. And he said, Brother Gibbs, it's been a war. He said, I knew what I was supposed to do. God kept talking to my heart. But it was so hard to let go of everything here. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Esther, for such a time as this. Wow. Write the second thing down. Number one, she had a teachable spirit. Number two, she had a prayerful spirit prayerful spirit. She said, here's what I want you to do. You go fast and pray for three days. I'll fast and pray with my maidens here in the palace and we'll pray. There's no such thing as a good Christian with a shabby prayer life. Prayer is not suggested. Prayer is commanded. It's the most powerful thing in the universe. It moves the arm of God. The scripture says, ask in faith believing and you shall receive. But God says you have not because you ask not. How good's your prayer life? Mom, I wonder if the kids could say, you ought to hear mom pray. I wonder if the grandkids would say, you ought to hear grandma and grandpa pray. My granddaughter came to me and she said, I know you have a prayer list just for me. I said, I do. She said, well, would you put this on it? I said, I sure will. Do your kids know that you love them enough to pray for them fervently? I want to tell you what my problem is. I mean to pray more. I just get busy and I get neglectful. The devil doesn't have to worry. If a child of God isn't praying, we're going nowhere. Right now, and how many of you figured out the hope of America's not in Washington, D.C.? How many of you all figured that one out? We need God to do something. Prayer moves the arm of God. There's probably no one in this room who hasn't spent an hour watching Fox News or MSNBC or some news outlet, gotten all upset. The people on all those news broadcasts, they're all upset and they want you upset about what they're upset about. Have you ever prayed an hour for this land? Ever. 
What are you praying for that's impossible? It's only impossible with man. That's what God says. God says, nothing's impossible with me. Ask. Whoa. I know when I get to heaven, Pastor Rand's the Lord is going to chastise me, saying, you asked for so pitiful little, David. Did you not understand I'm all-powerful? Did you not understand I wanted you to ask? Why wouldn't we ask? Praying. Wow. Esther had a teachable spirit. She had a prayerful spirit. I've never met anybody with any kind of a prayer life that didn't have a prayer list. Now I noticed coming in, your church puts out a great prayer list out there. That's wonderful, how diligent. But be careful, that's the church's prayer list. You should pray down that list. What's on your prayer list? What are you praying specifically for your family? for your husband, for your wife. I have a list of 62 things I pray every single day for my wife, every day. Now there's nothing on that list peculiar to us. I've handed this list out hundreds of times. Many people have asked for it and I give it away. And if you read that list, you'd say, I want that, I want that, I want that. There's only one problem, you're not asking for it. What would it take for you to start asking? Prayer changes everything. Esther, a teachable spirit, her ears were opened. She had a prayerful spirit. Write the third thing down that she had. She had a sacrificial spirit. She was willing, if necessary, to give her life. Now, those of you who know the story know that the king did hold out his scepter and spared her life, but she didn't know that. When she walked in there, she believed it was gonna probably be her last day on the planet, but she had a sacrificial spirit. What are you willing to die for? You. Do you realize as a nation we ask young men and young women to be willing to die for us all the time. We put a uniform on them and we say, we want you to go and stand between us and harm's way. And we pray nothing happens to you, but if it does, you must be willing to die for us and our nation. And we say, that's a, an honorable life. And it is. What am I willing to give my life for? What are you willing to give yours for? Now, I pray that it never comes to these things. But if it does, would you be willing to give your life for the cause of Christ? A young lady in Bible college got a burden on her heart to go reach the headhunters of Malaysia. These are the people who eat you. 
and she got a burden to take them the gospel. Her name was Margaret. And everybody said, Margaret, you, you can't go to them. They eat you. She said, you know, God loves them ever bit as much as God loves us. How many of you believe God loves the headhunters ever bit as much as he loves us? He died for them too. No mission board would send her. So Margaret Stringer went out and raised her support to go alone. No one would go along with her. So she hired a chopper, a helicopter, an old salty oil worker who flew choppers for the oil companies up there before they left. She arranged to have him fly her in. And he said, now I can't land because with their spears they they bring our chopper blades down. But I'll let you rappel down. Have you ever rappelled before? She said, no. And Margaret Stringer went up and prepared to rappel down 60, 70 feet. That's taller than this ceiling. That chopper pilot begged her not to go. He said, lady, you don't want to go. You, you have no idea what they'll do to you. They're brutal. Not just that they'll kill you, but what they'll do to you while they're killing you. And then he said this to her. He said, I'm supposed to be back here in 30 days to pick you up, and I will be back. But you won't be here. You'll never come back. Margaret Stringer, he was crying, went up and hugged his neck. I love what she said. She said, you don't understand. I don't have to come back. I do have to go. I don't have to come back. I do have to go. Read the stories of scripture. If I never come back, I do have to go. They dropped her belongings. They repelled her down. By the grace of God, she landed right on top of a tribe that had a 400 year legend that one day a white female God would come down out of the sky, literally. And when she landed there, they thought she was that God. And she said, no, 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 I'm not that God, but I've come from the real God. She said, it was the easiest soul winning you've ever done in your life. She won that whole tribe to Christ in just over a week. Then she said, I want to go up river. I understand there's more tribes up there. And these headhunters said, no, no, don't go up there. Those are the headhunters we're afraid of. You don't want to go to them. Before she left, she evangelized six tribes. When I met Margaret Stringer, I, I had in my mind, boy, this lady has got to be something like a female Rambo or something. I mean, she just gotta be, mm. she's the most petite, refined, elegant, sweet lady you've ever met. But she was willing to give everything. She had a teachable spirit. She had a prayerful spirit and she had a sacrificial spirit. The chief of that tribe where she landed is now the head of their Baptist church there. From a headhunter to a pastor.
And when I got to meet with him, they said, we didn't know what to do with her. Because we didn't frighten her. She was willing to sacrifice. Wow. Teachable, prayerful, willing to sacrifice. We're about to celebrate Christmas. I love this time of the year. But the Savior didn't come just so you and I could live the good life. He didn't come just so that we could spend all kinds of money on toys and treats and foods. And I love every bit of that. He came to reach this world. And you're his child. I'm his child. And he lays this template down, teachable, prayerful, sacrificial. Wow. Because of Margaret Stringer, they have virtually eliminated the headhunters out of Malaysia. One lady with the courage to take the gospel alone. Esther, where do you meet Margaret Stringer? The last time I was with Margaret Stringer, she said, I want to meet Esther. She said, I want to see the lady that walked up in front of the king and was willing to perish if she had to perish. This morning, I'm thrilled you're here. And if all you hear is me this morning, this was a colossal waste of time. But my prayer is that God would speak to your heart. That by the grace of God, you'd say, God, open my ears. I want to hear. Talk to my heart. And I want to be prayerful. It doesn't take money. It does take a decision. By the way, the devil doesn't care what you hear here as long as you don't do anything when you leave. He doesn't care that you feel burdened to pray as long as you don't pray. Wow. Open my ears. And I am going to put a prayer list together for my family, for my church, for our nation. Prayer moves the arm of God. There's no greater presence you could give anybody than to pray for them. And then willing to sacrifice. God, I don't know what it means, but I'm willing. My life is not mine. Paul said, for me to die is gain. He said, death is a great victory. And my prayer is that nothing like that comes to America. But my prayer is that we'd be willing. We need to be the ones willing to put our lives on the line, teachable, prayerful, sacrificial. Bow your heads in prayer. Father, oh, if there's ever a time the world's watching, by your grace, we want the world to see what Jesus does in a life. How many of you say, Brother Gibbs, God spoke to my heart this morning. God helping me, I want to be teachable. I want to be prayerful. 
And I want to be willing to be sacrificial. The Bible says my life is not my own. I've been bought with the blood of Christ. My heart's been touched this morning. If that's true, hold your hand up right now. Hold your hand up high. Hold it real high. If you have your hand up, I want you to get up out of your seat and come to this altar. This service is going to be over in mere moments. Don't you hesitate. Don't delay. You come right now. I raised my hand. I meant it. You come. We're waiting for you. When I raised my hand, I meant it. Then I beg you, come. Well, when I raised my hand, I didn't mean it. Oh, then don't, don't ever toy with God. God never speaks to a heart without expecting a response. Teachable, prayerful, sacrificial. We'll wait for you. Father, I bow with these folks, these precious hearts. This Christmas season, may we not forget why you came. The Savior, Jesus Christ, born in a manger. Esther looked forward to it 700 years before you came. We have the blessing of knowing when you came. Now, Father, we want to be teachable. Our ears speak. I thank you for this church so clear in its teaching from the Word of God. And, Father, we want to be prayerful. Without prayer, we're undone. God, we give everything. We want to be willing to sacrifice our all for the one who died for us. Hear the cry of every heart, I pray in Jesus' name.